Hey, I'm Ashley Kanai. And I'm Megan Jackson. Welcome to Messy Masterpieces. Where the houses are messy, and so are our lives, but we're still his masterpieces and works in progress. Happy Wednesday. Hey, everybody, we're back. And we have a special guest. Yes, Carol Walker. Hello. I'm happy to be here. You're excited. You're, you're, you're famous now on our podcast with 10 listeners. Oh, I already feel more famous. <laughs> oh, gosh. But it's the 10 maybe that need to hear it. That's so right. That's okay. Yes, absolutely. That's we love right. it. Yeah, we enjoy it. It's fun. Well, so. I don't even think we look at statistics anymore. We don't. To us, it's just fun now. So, yeah. And yeah. we just get inspired and speak from our hearts and... You know, if somebody gets something out of this stuff we say, that's that's the best part, I guess. So that's what Absolutely. matters. <laughs> so we want you to kind of tell us like a little bit about your story. And because our whole theme this time is, you know, just when life just gives you lemons, you just got to make lemonade from it. And, you know, the trials that we go through, they can't define us. So we wanted to have you on here for the ones that do know you know what you're going through, but the ones that don't, give us a little bit of, you know, tell us who yeah. you are and and a little bit of your story. Well, obviously, since the name of the of tonight is, you know, lemons to lemonade, kind of, <laughs> I have been throwing a few lemons lately. Um, and most people that know me know I had breast cancer seven years ago. Um, it doesn't really seem like seven years, it but it does. Um, so I had, I was diagnosed with breast cancer seven years ago and had multiple surgeries, did all the things, all the things that the doctors told me to do and was cleared per se. You know, you're never, um, clear of cancer once you've had it, I don't think, but I, you know, I did all the treatments, cleared the margins, did all the things. So... That was a that was a point in my life that probably I was the closest to God I'd ever been though, because I was crying out daily. Mm-hmm. Where at other times in my life, you know, if things are good or things are kind of rolling along, you're not crying out to Him daily, right? For anything, you're just kind of letting your life go along. And um, I remember during the first first go round of all this you know my mom was having cancer treatment at the same time mm-hmm. and we were at the same place and I was trying to not tell my family until I knew for sure so there were only like three or four people that knew for several weeks um what I, what was happening and that I might have something going on um and it was the same week that I had signed up for a mission trip and you talk about God's timing, you know, they do all these tests beforehand. They, oh, it's probably not cancer. We're going to do this test, and here's what it should say, and then we won't have to do anything else. Well, every time they did a test, it was, oh, this is not exactly what we want. We've got one more we want to do. And the week before we were leaving for Ecuador, they did the biopsy on Friday. Um, didn't really go as planned. I had they had to use bigger needles than they normally do. It just didn't go as planned. Mm-hmm. So I was taped up, bruised up, mm-hmm. the whole thing. 
and we left for Ecuador the next morning on a mission trip, and I did not have the results, whether it was cancer yet or not. Um, and my fiance at the time was the only person that knew, um, other than two or three friends who I had just said pray about some things going on. And I will never forget. I'm not somebody that says I hear God's voice and he speaks directly right. to me and all that kind of right. stuff. I pray and, and I hope I follow his word and do what he wants me to do. But that's the one time in my life and I actually called a friend and I said, I don't really know how to feel about this because I absolutely have heard God speak. And I know it's going to be cancer when I get back. I texted him from Ecuador but I know I'm going to be okay. Like, I literally could could hear, Carolus is not going to be what you want it to be. It is going to be cancer, but you're going to be okay. And it was the strangest peace at that time that I had ever had. I mean, I even called, um, I, I called her and I said, I don't know how to feel about this. Am I, is this just like me making, like, I, I heard it. Yeah. I heard it. And that's not, like, I don't normally get verbal right? where I can hear the answer when yeah. I pray. I don't know if other people do, and I'm the only person that doesn't. <laughs> but it kind of freaked me out. Yeah. You know, I was like, okay, he's telling me it's cancer, but I'm going to be okay. I'm not real sure about this. Um, so that was the first time. And when I got past it, I never dreamed it was coming back. It was not on my radar. I was oblivious to the fact that 30% of women that get it have reoccurrence. Mm. I knew some did, but I also knew that my numbers they gave me were the lowest percentile that you could test for. The lowest, I mean, of everything. Wow. Like, everything. I was in, like, the bottom 10% of it may come back. The bottom this, the bottom that. So, it was not on my radar. Um. And a year ago, I hurt my back. Um, most people that know me know I've had back issues since high school because of sports. Um, I don't like getting beat at anything <laughs> at all. So I hurt my back in school. And for me to have back problems, is it's nothing new. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, a lot of people have back problems. You throw it out, you give it a week or two, you know, you baby it along for a month or two, and it'll snap back. And... It didn't really do that this time. It just kept irritating me no matter what I did. Well, I tried to get in. A, this is my soapbox about insurance and doctors right now. I called like six or seven different doctors trying to get in because we don't go to the doctor a lot. Right. We have been very lucky. Other than my lemons I have them holding right now, we're a pretty healthy household. So we go to after hours or you know, one of those type deals yeah. if we need something. So I didn't have a per se doctor other than my cancer doctors, which why would I go to them right. for my back being thrown out? So I went through all that, went to a, a like a minute clinic thing. They give you muscle relaxers and send you out the door, you know, don't want to talk to you a whole lot. And I went to a place in Gaffney, um, kind of as a last resort because I didn't know what else to do. I was down to, I was either going to the ER, which I did not want to do because it wasn't life or death. Right. I didn't think. It was just my back was hurting so bad at that point I could barely drive. Was it like a back pain like 
like the me. muscle spasms. Yeah. Just like, it wasn't going down my leg like it did before. Right. When I, because I had back surgery when I was twenty-three. Wow. Okay. Um, so it it wasn't the same kind of pain. Yeah. But it was okay. still. Okay. Okay, we're good. It was still pain that I attributed to we've been playing in the snow. Yeah. And I twisted wrong, and it just would not get better. Yeah. So I go through the minute clinics and all that. Um, I go to a clinic in Gaffney, um, and she was the first person that really, like, asked me a lot of questions. You know, how did you do it? How long has it been? Like, all the things. Mm -hmm. um, and they do a lot of vitamin therapies and some natural things. Mm -hmm. And um, she said, okay, here's what we're going to do this time. And if it's not better in four weeks, we need to do an MRI or something because it shouldn't, shouldn't be lasting this long. Mm -hmm. You've done the things that should have healed the muscle spasms and – yeah, I was like, okay, so whatever. So I leave. I think it's going to be okay. Cancer has not crossed my mind. Not one time have I thought this is anything other than a disc or a something else. So I month went by, no, no better. Go back, and she says, we need to get an MRI. Um, I have insurance. So I was like, okay, whatever we need to do. Insurance denied it. And sent back that I needed to do physical therapy for six months. Oh my God. And I needed to do, it was a big list of things basically that I would think a doctor would tell me, not the insurance company when the doctor is sending in. So luckily, my husband, um, he kind of put his foot down and he said, We'll just have to pay for it. He said, You, you can't, you're not going to be in this much pain anymore. Like, yeah. we got to we got to find out what's going on and if this will tell us what's going on or where the disc is that they need to fix so we can go fix it. Um, that's what we're going to do. So we got the MRI. Um, I called the clinic. I said, have y'all got it back? She said, yeah, I've got it back. Hadn't had a chance to really look at it. Swing by here about 2. This was Friday afternoon, of course. Um, so I get there like 1.30. And she's real good about getting in and out. That's one good thing about, you know, going in a lot of the clinics. Yeah. You know, people are getting in and out. And it took a long time. Like, I thought somebody was really sick in the back. Yeah. And I was trying to be respectful of that. But they were trying to get the people that read my MRI on the phone. Mm. Because the wording on it literally made it sound like I had weeks to live. I mean, it was worded, metastatic breast cancer, basically all in my bone marrow. I mean, it sounded very ominous. It was mm -hmm. not, it's not something I would want to read to anybody. Absolutely. Much less somebody in her situation where she's got a clinic that kind of. Promotes wellness and, you know, all and, that. And the not so serious like she's she's doing it is just a serious i don't even mean it that way but she's doing a lot of different she's not a right in a situation where she has to tell somebody daily that they have i'm cancer. sorry you have cancer your yeah. cancer's back so it took over an hour and finally they called me back and she came walking in and her hands were shaking and i was like this has been a really bad day for her like literally i'm still oblivious that I'm getting ready to get this kind of news. And she sat down right up next to me and she said, I've got some bad news, but I think God brought you here for a reason. 
and I think I can help you, and I'm going to be by your side for as long as you need me. Mm. But your cancer is back. Mm. And it had literally been seven years. And I, I looked at her, and I didn't say anything for a few seconds because I thought, she's not, this is the wrong MRI. This is, I mean, I was in such shock that it took me probably five minutes of freaking out and saying, nope, no. I said, that can't be right. I hurt my back all the time. This is nothing new. Half the people in Chesney know I hurt my back in school. Like, this is just part of my life. This is not cancer reoccurring. Go back and look again. This is not right. And she basically had to grab my hands and say, yes, it is and we're gonna face it, and I'm gonna get you every appointment possible for the, in the next few months, um, and, and we'll, we'll do whatever we have to do. And I just, I lost it. I, I could barely talk, I had to call Shane. So you were by yourself? Yes, by myself. You got to wow. Yeah, because I thought it was. Just an everyday kind of thing. Yeah, and they Gosh. hadn't read it when I called and said I was coming because they didn't think it was gonna be anything like that. I mean, it was kind of, cause I had no other really telltale signs. My blood work wasn't terrible. It wasn't great, but it was, it was almost like someone, someone that was in severe pain. It messes up certain things in your blood work. And yeah. I had been taking Tylenol every day, which I hate taking medicine. <laughs> hate it, I'm a weirdo. I'm the same way. Oh, I'm yeah. a weirdo, I hate I taking too. medicine. You too. Yeah. So she was like, you took Tylenol, this can mess up liver enzymes, you know, all these things. So that um, that kind of spiraled from there, um, and that's where my sister actually stepped in. And she's been like my little medical ninja <laughs> sidekick because she has stepped in where if you're buying a house or you need <laughs> – somebody to come fix that I know people for that right I don't know people to fix cancer right I don't even know the terminology I don't know how to work insurance I don't know who to, I don't I don't have any of that right well luckily my sister does so I called her obviously I was bawling like crazy and I said I know it's Friday afternoon are the boys in the car because I didn't want my nephews to hear you know I didn't want her to be on bluetooth or whatever in the car and she said, yeah, they're in the car, hold on. So she picks up the phone and I started crying and I said, it's not a disc. They say my cancer is back. Um, and I, I, don't, I don't know what to do. I, don't, I, don't, I didn't even know how, I didn't even know how to drive home really. I mean, they called Shane while I was there. And basically I talked to him and he said, I'm, I'm on the way right now. Cause I was just, I, I so confused. I don't know that I could walk. I was in such shock. I mean, I can imagine. I, I can't even imagine, especially being by yourself, you know. Yeah. But th- I, I, I mean, like you said, they, the lady was like, I believe God brought you here for a reason, you know. That's... And, and, I, and if it hadn't been for her, I still wouldn't know. Yeah. Nobody else would order any tests. Nobody else would even see me. Wow. So I, and I'm not one to go to the ER, literally, unless I feel like my life is in danger right. because my sister used to be a paramedic and I heard all those stories of 
you know, an earache, we're going to the ER, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So it was, um, it was a day, literally, I can see her now walking in the room with the papers shaking and me still not thinking she's getting ready to tell me anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, nothing. Cancer was so far from what I thought it was going to be. I still catch myself some days being like, can this really be, can it really be happening? Is this really, is this really yeah. where we are, God? I mean, because I thought I was so far past it. Yeah. I just thought it was not going to be a continued part of my story. So was this part, was this something that stemmed from the breast cancer? Yes. So this was part, yes. just the, kind of the after effects, I guess. I feel like the lack it, of terminology, yeah. I do not know, but you know. Well, and I didn't either. Yeah. And I think some of it was probably God letting me enjoy the last seven years and not being anxious about what could happen or the odds of what could happen because I honestly didn't know. I knew people had recurrences, but I don't know anybody that had had any seven, ten years later. Most of them were like a year, mm-hmm. two years. You know, that five-year mark is something people right. talk about a lot. Yeah. So I thought once I had that. You were good. You know? I was good. I felt good. It was kind of, you know, and it just, it didn't, literally it never, I feel kind of stupid now when I think back because I, I should have known that I was getting ready to get bad news, but I was so, so far away from that thought process that her saying it, literally, it took me probably 45 minutes to an hour to actually even process in my head that she really was talking about me and this really was happening to me. So was the MRI, the results that they got, gave you that day, was it as bad as they thought it was or on the MRI or did you get different news once you seen like a oncologist? um, Because um, our insurance denied it, Mm -hmm. they did us, they didn't do like a whole MRI. We did a smaller portion of my back where the pain was. Mm So really all that the MRI said was that my bone marrow showed breast cancer or metastatic Mm -hmm. breast cancer, stage four breast cancer. Mm -hmm. And it said, um, it didn't, it didn't say a number. It basically said that they couldn't count them, Mm -hmm. that it was, it was in my bone marrow. Um, and they needed further testing basically is how it was worded. So then my sister stepped in and luckily the doctor at the clinic had made me a bunch of appointments like as soon as they could get me in and Leslie helped so I got in pretty quick the next week um the next week was tough because it was Thanksgiving Mm. and we were moving in our house all this at one time um so I felt like I was messing up the happiness of our us moving in our house because all this was it was just so many emotions those those weeks um it that it was overwhelming and and you go through the anger stages yeah you know when when I hear people say you know you gotta praise him through this and do this and do that I'm like I am and I'm going to but there's gonna be some days where I'm gonna be mad for a minute Mm -hmm. I'm gonna be really mad for a minute and I'm gonna talk to him about it because he already knows it Right. It's not like I can hide it and he's not going to yeah. know what my feelings are. Right. You know, we we think we can, but mm-hmm. he already knows what's in our thought process. That's right. 
So we might as well talk to him about it. Right, and that's what he wants us to do anyway. That, yeah. You know, he wants us to talk to him about yeah. it. Yeah. So, I mean, as a parent, you want your kids to talk to you. Yep. Even when they're mad, right. you still want them to talk to you. So there's plenty of days where I have to do some talking with God, even now, where I'm not very happy mm-hmm. about the situation. Yeah. Um, but we went from, from the praying that li- literally... I was praying for months after the first, after the first read. I was thinking, please, God, let me, let me see Jackson, let, let him get home, because he was still at Fort Seal. Um, and we had had to tell him over FaceTime, which that was, that's hard, telling yeah. your kid you're sick, and they can't come to you, and you right. can't hug them and let them know it's going to be okay. So that was really hard. Um, telling my dad was, extremely hard because he had, we just lost my mom two years ago mm-hmm. um, and he was her caregiver and you know as much as I had thought about my kids I had not thought through my, how devastated my dad was going to be right and he still has to I catch him sometimes when he has to walk out of the room because I know he's getting ready to cry yeah and the emotions of all that but Leslie got me in very quickly um, to, I got in with an oncologist. They got me to, I think I've seen every kind of doctor possible at this point. Because, you know, they want to run every scan. I bet I've had 25 vials of blood taken for every kind of blood test possible. Um, So I, I went, my next steps were we had a nuclear bone scan. We had a CT scan of my whole body. Um, they did a bunch of blood work. Um, when I went to my oncologist, the same oncologist I had had before. So they had all my history and everything. And, and he is a Christian, which is a blessing yes. to go in and actually have a doctor who is a Christian. Absolutely. Um, he, you know, of course said, I'm really sorry to see you back here. Um, but this is treatable but it's not curable. And he said, you, you need to know that, but you don't need to hang on to that. He said, because nobody knows how much time they have here. And you need to hang on to the treatable part mm-hmm. and not be worried about the curable right, right now. And you also need to hang on to your God who is yeah. still performing miracles. In my yeah. opinion. You know, that's just the way I look at it. Every and day. He does it every day. Every so day. You could wake up tomorrow yeah. And not have a cancer cell in your body. And that would make me very happy. <laughs> um, very happy. But that's what um, you have to cling to. You yeah, absolutely. To um, so he was, he was very direct. He was very honest with us. Um, he said, you know, I'm not willing to say, he looked at the MRI and he said, I'm not willing to say 100% this is cancer. So we took a step back and we were like, hmm. But he kept talking to us, and then he looked at the blood work, and one of the enzymes that he says is a precursor that kind of puts him on alert was higher than he liked it. Yeah. And I had lost weight. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew I had lost more weight than I had been working to lose weight. <laughs> I mean, you know, when, yeah. you're, when you're eating right and working right, you know what I mean. Yeah. And I'm, you've always been very conscious of that anyway, so you yeah. would have automatically known. Yeah. So I knew I was losing more weight. Than I should have, and I knew that I didn't have an appetite 
but I was attributing it to we're building our house. Yeah. It was extremely mm-hmm. stressful. Jackson was waiting to get his next um, orders where he's going to be based out of, which now looks like it's Korea. Um, you know, between the house, Jackson's orders, you know, just all the things, I thought it was just stress. I thought it's, I'm just overwhelmed. We need to get in this house and my right. appetite will be fine. Um, so I didn't put all the dots together. And I'm kind of glad I didn't because I had that much more time that I kind of wasn't focused there. Right. And I do think that was a little bit of God letting me enjoy some of that where if I'd known it was going on, it would have changed a lot of things over the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but the oncologist, and I keep bouncing all over the place. Right. <laughs> that's what we do. That's what, that's what we do. We that's never we stay do. on track. Yeah, that like, rabbit just runs and I'm we chase like, it. all <laughs> over the place. Um, so when he told us that he was not 100% sure it was cancer, we got a little hopeful. You know, maybe this is just a, maybe this isn't as bad as we think it is. And I was like, but how does the MRI say very plainly, this is really bad? I was like, I don't know what to think. And my husband and I both were talking, and when he saw my blood work, he, we could tell his enthusiasm that this might not be cancer got reeled back in some. Mm-hmm. And then when he started going down the rest of my chart and he saw my weight lost, he said, how much weight have you lost? And I said, well, about 25 pounds and that's a lot for me and he said like working out eating right and I said no like don't really have appetite stress of building a house I just put it off and he said you know I I don't I don't want to tell you it's not cancer but I don't want to tell you it is but we will know tomorrow um so they did a blood test for the same marker for the breast cancer I'd had before because he had all my files and everything. There's, it's way above my knowledge of anything. Right. There's a marker they can test. And he said if it comes in below, it was like a really low number. It was like 90 or 100 or so. Anyway, he said if, if the markers are below that, we may be talking about a blood disorder or we may have to go a different, this may be something very different. He said, but if it's over that, then your cancer is back. And I said, okay. Um, and he said, we will call you tomorrow. I said, okay. That must have been like the um, longest night ever. It had already been such a long couple of weeks. Yeah. Because we, you know, we thought we had definite answers, but we really wanted to hope we didn't. Mm-hmm. And we didn't know where it was headed. Is this really bad like we think it is? Or is it just sort of bad? Or Yeah. You know, all the in-betweens. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of in-between with cancer. Right. Um, there's not a good cancer. Now, I have heard that a few times. Oh, you have the good kind of, yeah. there's not a good yeah. cancer. That's what they always told my brother. It's when, not you know, a good cancer. Leukemia. So it was like, oh, well, you've got the good kind that's curable. And I'm like, mm, yeah, okay. Please never say that to yeah. anybody. Yeah. I'm there's like, not, really? Anybody having cancer doesn't feel like they have the good kind right, of cancer. Absolutely. Um, so um, Dr. Corso is my oncologist, and I don't mind saying that because he's I've heard he's fabulous. Amazing. Yes. He's really He's amazing. Um, he was he was very honest with us about what he thought and kind of what was ahead. Um, and he said, you know, if the blood work comes back tomorrow and is decisive that you have it, then we're going to need to order some more tests 
um, you know, and here we'll start treatment accordingly. You'll come back and we'll have a plan. And I'm a, I'm a fixer. I need to know a plan. If if there's a problem, I need to know a way to fix it. I, I don't need to just know we have a problem. Mm-hmm. There needs to be some kind of something going on so we know what's ahead. I am a control freak. Yeah, amen. Um, I feel you, girl. I know all about that. Whether that's <laughs> Christian or not is another thing, but... It, yeah. I'm a control God freak. God made us. Yeah, yes. so it's just turning loose of that. So to let friend. go of that and let the oncologist and the orthopedic, because I have a compression fracture in my back, um, they sent me to the... Is it orthopedic? No, there's so many doctors. I'm yeah. telling you, I've seen that so many right. at this point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, so bum, 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 he, he says to help with, Porso says, we're doing this blood test, and I want to send you to here because I think you could have back surgery to fix the compression fracture that would probably help your back pain. Mm-hmm. So I kind of got excited about that. I thought if it would relieve some of the pain, whew, that would be great. Then we can treat this. You know, I'm already fixing everything in my head. Mm-hmm. And my sister gets me in probably faster than I would have ever. And that didn't go as planned. My actual compression fracture is not where my, most of my pain is. So they were going to do surgery on an area of my back that wasn't the most painful. So I couldn't make that make sense in my head. Yeah. I said, you know, before I sign up for this, I need to go talk to the oncologist again my body's got a lot going on from what I understand I just don't know that this is smart Mm -hmm. if that's not because it's lower back where the compression fracture is and my shoulder blades and the upper part mid to upper back is what giving me fits now and she was like it won't fix that it'll fix here and I was like right there so anyway that was a, a wasted day. I got really discouraged that day um, because we wanted to do the biopsy the same time they were going to do the kyphoplasty. Is what I think it's called. That's probably very pronounced wrong. What they put in the it's fracture. where they put cement yeah. in the fracture. Gotcha. Um, so since they weren't going to be doing that, that meant I got to have biopsy, just a regular old biopsy. And anybody that knows me knows a needle is not my friend. I act like a two-year-old throwing a tantrum. I pass out. My sister Aww. videos me if she's anywhere near me <laughs> because I just I, my blood pressure goes up talking about it. Yeah. I don't know if something happened to me when I was little to make me afraid of. I'm deathly afraid of needles. Oh, my gosh. I would rather you sign me up for a surgery than tell me I'm going to have a whole bunch of needles. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, I'm terrified of them. So to think about having a big, fat needle drink basically jammed in my hip. Mm to take um, bone sample. Yeah, they're very, my brother had them. They're extremely is painful. Is not very painful. something yeah. that I was looking forward to. Um, and I thought this surgery was going to get me out of it. Yeah. I thought, hmm, I'll have this little minor surgery. We're going to do the biopsy at the same time. And you'll never know. I'll be asleep. Either. There'll be one less needle. And for some people, will laugh. But truly, that was... That was your thought process. I was yeah. hanging on to that. So I wouldn't have to have another needle because... Mm, I mean, I cry or pass out every single time. Mm. Like when I walk in, they're like, oh, I know they're like, who's going to get her today? <laughs> she walks in. Um, so. Rock, paper, scissors. Yes, <laughs> pretty much. They've been super sweet, though. I will say 
the the folks in the lab have been amazing and i'm sure i'm not the only person that comes up there that's terrified oh i'm sure not of needles so they've been great but um a little humor in it it's funny now because i'm past it oncologists told me that i would be asleep when they did it Mm -hmm. because they have to send you in ct scan be sure the needle's in the right place pull you back out just you know yes all the things we get there that morning they missed the iv the first stick that is traumatic enough for me right there to push me over the edge i mean over i'm almost hyperventilating sobbing uncontrollably they're pulling the curtain so nobody can see the crazy girl in the corner who has lost her mind crying um my husband's trying to be there for me and keep you know what i mean he's stuck in the middle i mean what do you say (laughs) yes this is my wife she's acting like a fool and i can't yeah you know what does he say she bless his heart he didn't say anything just held my hand and rolls with it um so (laughs) she got the iv in the next time and then they come in and get ready to take me back well i'm fine because i'm thinking they're getting ready to hit me with something and knock me out this is all gonna be good and when he comes in, he says, well, you know, we'll talk you through what's going to happen, and we'll tell you how to, where to roll. We're going to place you on the table. And I said, what? And he said, well, we'll tell, we'll tell you when we move you from the table, and we'll tell you what. So nothing, and I said, you're not going to be talking to me. And, and he went, well, we yes ma'am well I mean you won't hardly you won't really know it's like a and I said what what do you mean I won't really know will I know or will I not know because there's not an in between anything or am I not with what you're getting ready to do there's just there's no in between here and he said well I'm sorry if they told you you'd be completely knocked out if you want to be completely knocked out you'll have to reschedule and come back and I already have my IV, already, and I'm sobbing. They've closed me off in the corner. So I looked at him, and I said, I'm not coming back here. Y'all are going to do it today, and you give me everything you can legally give me. And I just lost it, crying again. And luckily, he looked at the nurse, and he said, have you gave her the nerve medication we're allowed? And she said, not yet. And he said, why don't we give her all of it? <laughs> of it why don't we give her give her all of it right now um just scrape out the back all of it all of it and I was okay with it I was like don't matter to me give me all of it whatever it is I want it all so they give it to me I can't I I sort of can tell it takes the edge off but I am still wide awake I am mad as a hornet sobbing mad which is not good it's not a good look for me it's not a good Christian look for me when I'm that mad (laughs) And my husband said every time that I would sort of close my eyes and they thought everything was kicking in, they would go to roll me. And as soon as they would roll me, he said it was like my eyes shot open like a gun. Your adrenaline was probably so mm-hmm. just in yes. overdrive. that Yes, that's yeah. what the anesthesiologist said. So they rolled me back. I was awake the whole time. Um, he came out after the procedure <laughs> my husband he said I'm pretty sure that your wife hates me and will for the rest of her life (laughs) and I'm so sorry that they told her she would be asleep 
And my husband said, well, that was the only way she was coming. So yeah. maybe they hoped it would knock her out a little, you know. So that day was terrible. But I look back and I'm, you know, I made it through. Yeah. We all have to do stuff we don't want to do. Um, it's kind of comical now, not really, because it still hurt like crazy. Yeah. Um, but the biopsy was to be sure that it was breast cancer in my bones and not bone cancer because the treatments are so different. Right. Um, and it can change from, you know, breast cancer can be um, fed different ways. Mine is estrogen positive, so it's fed off of estrogen, as I can understand it. I'm sure mm-hmm. there's a whole lot of other ways they describe mm-hmm. it, but that's how I understand it. So since they got that test, then it let them know the best way to treat it. Um, and it's, it's in my bones. It's in my bone marrow and my bones, basically from my pelvis to my head, which is really scary to see on a screen when they put it up there. That was, that was really hard to look at. When he first got it back, I, I didn't want to look at it because, you know, the eye chart thing on your phone that you get because of HIPAA, you can see everything mm-hmm. now. That's not real good when you're a cancer patient. No, oh, I can't imagine. Yeah. Because I would get I will get my test results before he's had a time to explain them to me. So they'll have terminology that sounds horrific, truly <laughs> ominous. Yeah. Yet it's just like if there's above so many, they don't give a number. They just say basically too many to count mm. from skull to pelvis, blah blah blah. You know, I'm thinking, I'm basically a Christmas tree. I'm lit up like a Christmas tree. I'm not going to be here very long. This is going to be terrible. You know, so the little app thing is it's not been real good for me. It's just a little too quick because we don't have the knowledge to understand. Right. So that's been, that's been a little hard. Um, but it did give us an exact treatment plan, mm-hmm. which... Um, is a, it's an immunotherapy, which is a, a something new. It's not chemo. Um, they give me an estrogen blocker every morning, which I, I had a complete hysterectomy after it the first time to try to keep my body from producing estrogen mm-hmm. to keep it from coming back. So, I mean, ovaries, the whole, the whole I had a complete hysterectomy, which was really hard mm-hmm. afterward, mm-hmm. the side effects afterward. Um, so he's put me on an estrogen blocker every morning to help starve the cancer because that's what it feeds off of. 80% of my tumor is estrogen fed. So that kind of blocks the outside. Then the immunotherapy is supposed to mess up the inside of it. That's the way, that's the best way I can describe it. But it, it's, it's not real fun. It's not as much torture as I watch my mom with the drip chemo where we went with yeah. her mm-hmm. so much. Um, so I'm trying to look on the positive side. Yeah. I mean. Now, you were saying when you came in, you were like, I can only pat. I, I can't hug. Is that just like side effects? my of ribs. Your, it's in my ribs. And if and you just, squeeze, it just, it just. My ribs have been probably. My back has eased up since I've started treatment. Mm-hmm. It still hurts. Yeah. But. Um, my cancer markers dropped a lot even two weeks after the treatment started. Wow. 
and as the markers drop from what I understand hopefully a lot of my pain will drop Mm -hmm. because it kind of instead of growing it's getting smaller so it won't be pressing on as many things so my back it's still not not good but it's not near as bad as it was but my ribs and my sternum I, I mean, like, I can barely, I have pillows propped up, at like, everywhere in the bed trying to figure out a way to sleep to not touch a rib. Yeah. There's not a way to lay. No. <laughs> you're not touching a rib. You can't lay flat. If you're on the side, I have to be propped up. I mean, there's just, um, and I say all that sounding like it's miserable and I need all this pity. There's so many people that have it so much worse. Right. And I see it every time I go to the hospital mm-hmm. that I feel really bad for for feeling as upset as I am. But then I also think, you know, I'm 47 years old. I, it, most of the time when I go in there, there's very few people there who are younger than me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's easy to sit there looking around thinking, I mean, come on, God. I mean is this really, you're going to make me walk this again, knowing this, that I have to do this forever? That's probably the hardest part of it, Yeah, is is him saying it's treatable but not curable, and that I'll be on basically some kind of treatment for the rest of my life, however long, if that's a year or if it's 20 years, and there's no way to know. You know, there's women who have taken what I'm taking who have been on it for five, six, seven, eight years, and have no growth, and it's knocked it way back, and then there's other women that take it six months, and it works for six months, and then it stops working. Then they switch your treatment. You know, there's different treatments they'll throw at it and try. But um, seeing it on the bone scan um, was really hard because it's very real when you're looking. You feel like you're looking at death. Because they word it that way on everything that you get. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really hard, thinking we've just moved into our house that we prayed so hard for. Um, you know, my boys are at a time in their life where I feel like they need me. I don't know. I definitely don't need to be going anywhere. I need to help them. I want to be there for them. I want to be there for my bonus daughter. I was about to say, am I crazy or did I see one of your boys get married too? Yeah. Yes. Jackson's getting married. Um, That was one of the first things that ran through my head. You know, I want to see him get married. I, you know, I hope one day to see my grandkids and bring them to the farm and do all these things. And it, it took me, and I'm still having days where I get, I struggle to get there where I'm past the mad part Mm -hmm. because I was really angry the weekend after it all happened I mean I was I was so mad that I I don't even know how to I don't know how to describe it it's a mad I'm not even proud of Mm -hmm. mad because I thought God you know you let me teach workout classes and help be some kind of example to people about eating healthy and doing healthy things and I enjoy that mm-hmm. and now for you to you know to put this path in front of me I mean it it just 
felt very unfair. And it still feels unfair, especially at 2 o'clock in the morning when my husband's asleep. I'm looking out the window of where we prayed we would be. I'm wondering, you know, is I, the old saying, nobody knows how much time they have. A cancer patient doesn't want to hear that. Right. Even though it's the truth. Yeah, I mean, it is. it is very much the truth. Mm-hmm. It still is very ominous when you know you have something in your body that's working against you. Right. And you're working really hard to try to beat it. It, it is it's very hard to explain the lonely, isolated, um, I mean, you just feel, feel like nobody else in the world has it, um, which is all a lie. I mean, that's a lie from the devil, mm-hmm. straight from the devil, because there have been lots of places, you know, there's support groups online, there's all kinds of stuff through the hospital, um, but the journey was quick and fast finding out this time. The first time it took several months because I didn't really have any markers to make them. You know, my mom's cancer was colon cancer. So I didn't have anything that made them think I would have breast cancer. And I was only 39 at the time. So at that time, everything was real slow because they kept waiting on it to be okay. Mm-hmm. This time, it was ramped up a lot because my sister knew what she was looking at and probably knew more than she told me, yeah. and I'm glad. I'm glad. Um, but it was ramped up very quick this time. Um, it's not on any of my organs. That's a big plus on the way they treat it because if your liver or kidneys are involved, from what I understand, it makes it very difficult on the medication they can give you. Um it's a lot of medical history about me for people that don't know me. They're probably like, Tim, please get her to quit talking about cancer on, on a Jesus message type deal. No, um, this is what we wanted, raw yeah. and real. But, but it's, you know, the closest times in my life when I look back was the first time I had cancer. It's the only time in my life that I've truly heard him speak to me. I've had answer, answer prayers before. And felt like he heard me and felt like he was close to me. Mm-hmm. But to actually feel like he spoke to me and gave me a definitive answer on something was the first time I had breast cancer. And, you know, I, I, I walk closer to him, and I think anybody does if they're a believer, when there's a crisis than when things are going real smooth. Mm-hmm. You know, you tend to get a little bit lazy mm-hmm. Yeah, when things are good. We even talked about that. I think our second podcast when I was talking about how, you know, we have these really formal prayers that we pray when mm-hmm. things are good. And then, like, when something happens, it's, okay, Daddy, just hold me, you know. Yeah. Just pull me in close. Let me let me cry. Well, you just me. sit and sob and, yeah. you know. And sometimes and he, knows our, our he understands our questioning mm-hmm. why. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, think, I think the way... He responds to us, and we respond to him totally, totally flip. And I think that sometimes that's him just wanting us to lean in. Well, and I think, too, you you mentioned, you know, you were angry and, you know, kind of questioning God. And I think some you've always heard, or I have, oh, you're not supposed to question God. Mm. Well, 
Yeah, you can. If he's not mm-hmm. if he's not big enough to answer your questions, then he's not God. Mm-hmm. You know? So we, we need to question him and we need mm-hmm. to go, you know, there's a reason why Carol is walking mm-hmm. through what Carol's walking through now and you may not see it for ten years. Mm-hmm. You know, you may look back ten years from now and go, That's exactly why mm-hmm. I went through what mm-hmm. I went through, you know. Yeah. And you might see it next month. You mm-hmm. might be like you might run into somebody or something happen and you go this is why I'm here. Mm-hmm. This is exactly, this is why God put me here, you know, to go through this. Mm-hmm. And we don't see that in the moment. I think we always see it after the fact because a lot of times we can't see it in the moment because of, like you said, you're holding all yeah. these lemons. <laughs> you're holding and them you, all. And you, even though you want to throw them, yeah. they're yours till God says otherwise. Yeah. I mean, they're, you don't get to drop them just because you don't like them. Right. You got to figure out what to do with them. And you can either do it with an attitude of, I'm going to do the best I can, God. Or I think you can get in trouble real quick. You can kind of mm-hmm. go down a rabbit hole of not holding on to him, mm-hmm. of just sticking with that anger. And I'm not going to say I'm never angry about it because I do have moments where I get upset. But right now I'm just on the point where I'm, okay, God, show me what I need to do to get better. Show me what I need to do at work what's vital, what's not, what, you know, clients to take, which ones I need to realize I need help with because mm-hmm. um, I am still working. But there's certain situations and clients that, you know, need more emotional support than I can give right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm very lucky. I've got several agents, one that had breast cancer last year that's a very top-producing, really good agent, that she's helping me with a few things um, that I just emotionally, because of the people's situation, I couldn't pour into them like I want to and have any hope that I was going to have anything left to actually try to get better. Right. And that was hard. Mm-hmm. That was so hard. Well, that's because you love your job and you want to do it. 199 percent you want to do it the best you can and and i think that's hard when your person because i think we're all three kind of like that we Mm -hmm. have that personality we're go-getters and Mm -hmm. you know we you know we want to do the best that we can and when you Mm -hmm. feel like you can't you feel like you're letting yourself Mm -hmm. down you're letting everybody else down Mm -hmm. and you know that's hard Mm -hmm. that's really hard and you have to you have to be able to realize when you don't have the emotional you know, picture full mm-hmm. because if you're pouring into everybody else and you're exhausted mm-hmm. and you got nothing left when you come home, how in the world am I going to have enough energy mm-hmm. to let my body fight cancer right. if I'm coming home unbelievably exhausted? And, you know, so I'm, I've walked a fine line. The good thing is the medicine that they got me on, um, it does have some side effects, but it's not been side effects we couldn't help with other meds, um, which that's been hard because that just means more pills. <laughs> so I feel like my second job is keeping up with my, take this one at 8 a.m., this is 11, this is it, you know, mm-hmm. all the things. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of cancers and a lot of situations where there's not a treatment. Yeah. I mean, it's not we believe you have years it's we're not really sure what to do but we're going to try this yeah and he looked at me and said you know I feel like you have years 
It is not on your organs. That's a big plus for treatment because it's just in the bones. And he said, I know that sounds overwhelming to you. And I said, yeah. Those bones are my whole body. Reading, you know? yeah. reading basically that says skull, pelvis, ribs, spine. Um, I mean, they named every bone from my head to my pelvic bones on the list so that there was no mistaking that maybe it's not in my ribs or maybe it's not in my sternum or they listed them. So it was very clear where it was. Um, and that, you know, that that's hard. It's hard because I don't want, I don't want my kids to be scared. You know, I want them to, I want to be honest with them. They're old enough where they deserve honesty. Mm-hmm. But I also don't know what the future holds. So, so it's, you can't reassure either. It's a fine line between saying, yeah, I'm really sick. And we don't know what's happening, but we know there's treatment for it. We don't know how long it'll work. It might work for a very long time. And, and that's what the hope is. I don't have anything else wrong with me. I think I've heard 10 times at the hospital I'm the healthiest cancer patient there. I don't have allergies. I don't have, I mean, my, other than cancer, my file is about as boring as anybody's. I mean, I don't even have a doctor, you know. So it's been a whirlwind since Thanksgiving to about the past couple of weeks to figure out the treatment, to figure out exactly what was going on. Um, and to try to just get my brain wrapped around, you know, we were moving in her house, mm-hmm. trying to get the dog situated, getting my stuff out of my, there was just a lot of moving parts and I was really overwhelmed. Um, I'm very thankful. My husband is very supportive and he is a hard, he's the hardest working person on the planet. So he, he didn't show any weakness at all he was like you've already beat this once you will beat it again we will do whatever we have to do we'll go wherever we have to go we'll do whatever you know basically whatever we have to do that's just what we'll do mm-hmm. and it was very matter of fact um and he's been really good about getting me out of if I get a little too focused on that part of my life because that's not yeah. all that's going on in my life that's right yeah a whole lot more to it than mm-hmm. My cancer diagnosis. Mm-hmm, that's right. But and once you, you get the diagnosis. Yeah, but you can't live in it. You can't live in it. Can't because live in if it. you live in it, then it becomes you. Yep. And that's not that's not Carol. Yeah. It's just a piece of Carol. Yeah. And it's and it's learning to live. Yeah, that's part of what's under the umbrella, but there's so much more. Mm-hmm. And and it's learning to I think you when you went back and you were talking about, you know, you're just talking about getting upset and you know well what is it for you know what is God trying to show me in this Mm -hmm. or whatever I think it it just goes back to the God showing you that or you learning to say because you said I'm a control freak you know earlier that's me like I can sympathize with that Mm -hmm. so I know exactly and I found that when I'm trying to do too much and trying to Mm -hmm. be in control of too many things God will say Mm -hmm. hold up Ashley I'm the one hold up wait a minute Let's back up. Hold up a minute. Remember who I am. And don't get so caught up in being in control of everything. And that's when I feel like I've went. 
and and it may not have been cancer in mm-hmm. my life, but there's been other things where you know we go, God tries to reign us in and go, okay, let's remember that I'm mm-hmm. in control, and you just trust me, and we'll walk through it, mm-hmm. you know, one step at a time, and we'll get through it. Mm-hmm. But it's learning to lean on Him because that's when you lean on Him when. Yeah. You get that diagnosis, or you get when you're those, uncertain when there's there's uncertainty. Because, yeah. like you said, it's easy to pray, Megan. You you, you said it was easy to pray mm-hmm. when, you know that formal prayer, prayer. that formal you know. prayer. But it's hard to pray when, you know, you know that you're facing something that yeah. you can't do on your own. Like at that yeah. point in your mind, like the realness of God. Like if you closed your eyes, you would literally just want to like hug and lay your head on his chest and Mm -hmm. just you know let him pat your hair let your tears flow or I mean that's I visualize that for myself I wrote my blog about um Grayson waking up with a night terror and me not being able to calm him down and I just took him into the living room and snuggled him up and I couldn't snap him awake to try and explain hey Mm -hmm. I'm right here and so he just laid over on my shoulder and sobbed and I could feel his tears just soaking through my shirt, and I couldn't do any. I couldn't snap him awake. I was scared. I would terrify him, and so I just let him sob. And I was in the thick of just things being completely wrong, figuring out how to raise three kids by myself, and um, you know, just a ton of heartbreak. And um, I just remember sitting there, and I had the TV remote in my hand, and I was like, I just set it to the side, and I thought, God, this is what I want to do, like. Just let me sob on your shoulder. Just and in that moment, I was like, "Okay, this is this is where I I want you to meet me. Mm-hmm. Meet me here. Yeah. Meet me here. Let let my tears stain your robe. Just right. let me. Just hold me." Please continue to part two to hear the rest of our time together.